Dr. Ruth Tiny Ministries presents Biblical Principles for a Blessed Life. Here is Dr. Ruth with an introduction of this podcast, focusing on the power in God's Word as written in the Bible. Welcome to the podcast. I am Dr. Ruth. Praise the Lord. I am glad you are listening today. Before I proceed to teach on the book of Genesis, I want to talk briefly about the purpose for this podcast. So, um, just so you know, this podcast is a teaching throughout the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, focusing on the major principles and teaching you how to apply these principles into your life in order for you to appropriate or receive God's multiple blessings. How many of you know God is always willing to bless us? I'm sure you will agree with that. We are also told in 2 Corinthians 1.20 that for all of God's promises in Christ Jesus are a resounding yes and amen because Jesus has done it all for us. We just have to learn how to receive it, apply the promises into our lives, and then trust God to do his work. But as much as God is always willing to bless us, we have a role to play. You see, we limit God. We limit his blessings into our lives because we do not at times agree with his word (laughs) or we don't even know his word. Or worst case scenario, even if we know his word, we do not know how to apply his word into our lives. But if you want to enjoy the multiple blessings that God has promised in his word, this podcast will help you with that. At the very least, this podcast will guide you as to how you can proceed with applying God's words into your life and receiving his blessings. You see, the Bible is so clear. It is not just those who study the word or listen to the word who receive the blessings. No, it is those who apply the word into their lives who get the blessings. James chapter 1 verses 22 teaches us that we should not just be listeners of the word. We should be doers, okay? That goes to tell us only those who do or practice the word of God receive the blessings. And in the Gospels, Jesus himself stated clearly out of Luke 6.46 that why should we call him Lord, 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 and do not do what he teaches? In essence, Jesus is saying that why call him Lord and not practice his word? He went on to say that his words will provide the sure foundation in our lives 
that can buffer any stressor, any uh, evil that can buffer problems in this dark world. So as much as knowing the word of God is important, practicing the word or you would say applying the word of God into your life is what brings results. All right. So that is uh, why this podcast is very important, because uh, I will teach you how to apply these principles of God as expressed in his word into your life so you can receive the blessings. So as Christians, there are many godly activities that we engage in on a regular basis so we can know God better, such as prayer, church attendance, Bible studies, fellowship with other believers, etc., etc. Okay, let us talk about prayer for just a minute here. Prayer is crucial. It is very important in the life of a believer. I'm sure most of you would agree with me on that one. So if someone were to ask me to choose between prayer and knowing the word of God, it would be a tough decision for me because I consider both of them equally important. However, if somebody was to put a gun on my head and say, choose right now or else I will shoot you, I would choose the word of God over prayer because the word of God is God. God is his word, you see. Knowing the word of God, meditating on the word of God is a form of prayer. That goes to show you how crucial knowing the word of God is because God will not bless us even when we pray outside of his word, which is his will for us, his children. So the word of God is very crucial. And I am glad you have subscribed to this podcast so you can grow more in your relationship with God. Let's look at what the scriptures teach us about the importance of the word of God very briefly, because there are hundreds of scriptures teaching us about the importance of the word of God. I am going to just have time to highlight just a few of these scriptures here. Psalm 138, 2. God tells us he has exalted his word above everything else. Yet, the Bible teaches us that at the name of Jesus, everything shall bow. Here we are told in Psalm 138 too, that the word of God is above everything else, showing you the importance of the word of God. Psalm 119, the entire chapter, discusses the importance of the word of God. Let's look at Psalm 119, verse 105, a very popular scripture, which I'm, I'm sure you've heard about. The word of God is a lamp on our feet and a light in our path. Imagine, as Christians, this is not, this current world system, this earth is not our final destination. Our final destination is heaven in the presence of God. So, in this current world, there is a lot of darkness. Imagine having the word of God as that lamp on your feet as you navigate through the darkness and the evil in this present age. The word of God provides that lamp on your feet. And as you step into this darkness, 
The word of God illuminates or bring brightness or light into your path, such as giving you understanding how to navigate through life, giving you wisdom how to make godly decisions. That is what the word of God will do as you spend time studying it. Then Hebrews 4, 12, another popular scripture about the importance and power in the word of God. It reads, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What is this scripture saying? This scripture is saying that the word of God is the only answer, is the only way we can decipher between godly and ungodly thoughts, godly and ungodly attitudes. For example, we live in this system where we are bombarded with all sorts of news from the news media. Most of it lies, by the way. Or at times, you have all these thoughts coming at you from your past, from your environment, from, from your professors, from your employer. Well, if you know the Word of God, meaning if you know what God tells you about each of these situations, you can use that, i.e. the Word of God, to decipher, to decode, to evaluate all these thoughts, attitudes, okay, that are coming at you to say, wait a minute, is this what the Bible says about this issue or not? By knowing the word of God, you will be well equipped to decipher all these various opinions to say that, no, 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 no. I don't care what the news media is telling me. I don't care what my, my environment or professor or employer is telling me the word of God says so and I will stand by the word of God. So the word of God as a child of God is the only truth we have to evaluate all other truths. That is what the scripture is saying. Okay? And if you do not study or read the word of God, it will read you. <laughs> what do I mean by that? For example, if your attitude is ungodly, if what comes out of your mouth, if your actions are contrary to the word of God, well, the word of God will prove you as a liar. All right? Because if somebody knows the word of God, they can look at your attitude, your mannerisms, and say right away, oh, no, no, that is ungodly. So that is how important the word of God is to enable you to decipher or decode your environment or thoughts or voices coming at you. Then in 1 Peter 1.23, we are told that the word of God is incorruptible, meaning it is perfect. I can just hear some of you saying, oh, no, 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 it is not perfect. It was written by man. Oh, yes. The word of God is infallible, is inerrant, is perfect. You see, the word of God is never the problem. It is us who do not know how to apply the word of God into our lives correctly. We are finite beings and we will not know everything in this earth. Only when we die and go be with the Lord that we would know everything. 
But in this present age, we are finite beings. So it is never the word of God that doesn't work. It's us. It's the way we receive the word of God. It's the way we decode the word of God. And it's the way we apply the word of God that determines the result, not God. How do I know that? Jesus tells us this out of the gospel in the parable of the sower, which I will talk about when we get into the New Testament. But in the parable of the sower, as are written out of Mark chapter 4, also in Luke chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 13, Jesus, God himself in the flesh, tells us that is the way we receive the word of God. It's our hearts that are not right. It has nothing to do with the word of God. Okay, so it is incorruptible it is flawless it is perfect if you take the word of god you apply it into your life correctly in obedience and as you are led by the holy spirit you will get godly results god is no respecter of persons if if two different people apply the word of god correctly as instructed they will get the same result god doesn't bless person a or more than person b Depending on how they apply the word of God. No, if you apply the word of God into your life correctly, you get the same results. God just blesses obedience, period. All right. Proverbs 30 verse 5. It says, every word of God is flawless. Okay. And then in Psalm 119, 89, it says the word of God is eternal. It will last forever and it is settled in heaven. And we know this also because the Gospel of John chapter 1 tells us in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I believe out of verse 14, it says, and we beheld His glory. I am paraphrasing that uh, scripture there. That is referring to Jesus Christ. Okay, who was that seed, that Word that became life? So you see, the word of God is eternal. It has always existed. The word, i.e. Jesus, just became flesh like one of us. So the word of God is settled in heaven. So the sooner you come to this realization about the importance of the word of God, and you approach it with, with such attitude, the better for you. And, and I, I like this scripture out of 2 Peter 1.19, the apostle Peter had been with Jesus throughout his earthly ministry. He had seen the miracles. He had seen the signs and wonders. And yet, in fact, let me, let me read this. Let me go there. Second Peter uh, 1.19. Let's go there. Second Peter. Okay, let me begin. Uh, Second Peter chapter 1. Let, let me begin out of verse 16. This is the Apostle Peter talking now. He knew his time here on the earth was coming to an end. He was about to be uh, executed. So he was teaching um, fellow Christians, which include us, about the importance of the word of God. So now I am into verse 16. It reads, for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 
he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. The apostle Peter, he's setting up his case. He is saying that I was with Jesus in person. I am an eyewitness. I heard the voice of God the Father. Okay? I saw all the miracles. But then, in verse 19, he said something powerful. He said, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. What is he talking about? He is saying that I was with Jesus. I saw the majesty of God. I was an eyewitness to his miracles. But yet, we have the prophetic message. What is a prophetic message? The word of God. The written word of God is a, is a sure foundation. It's completely reliable than voices, than visions, than dreams. That is what the apostle Peter is saying here. So for those of you, who prefer to hear a, hear a voice from God or get a vision, <laughs> okay? Or you want to experience signs and wonders before you would believe that the word of God is God. This scripture is teaching that the written word of God is completely reliable above and beyond the visions, the dreams. What, do you know why? Because the apostle Paul tells us later on that Satan, your enemy, can manifest himself as an angel of light and deceive you through visions, okay, through dreams, through signs and wonders. Satan can deceive you. But if you know the word of God, Satan will have a tough time deceiving you. So the word of God is a sure reliable way to know God's will, to know God's heart, to know the nature of God. Okay? And I am not saying that God cannot speak to you through dreams, visions. God can. However, if God speaks to you through a dream, through a vision, through somebody else, through your thoughts, it has to be consistent with his written word. Boy, the written word is the way we can decipher, like I said earlier, what is of God and what is not of God. So if you have a dream, a vision that is contrary to the word of God, you might as well disregard that as not from God. Because God will never, please listen to me, God will never, never, never contradict himself. God will not contradict his word, okay? We do not serve a God of confusion. We serve a God who is precise, orderly, 
and a God of peace. God will never contradict his word. So dreams, visions must be consistent with the written word of God. This goes to show you how important knowing the word of God is. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, you're just a minister who has some degree, who is all saying this. Well, it's true. I'm a minister and I have some degree, but I do not speak this out of just academic degree. I am a living testimony that the word of God works. Just briefly, some of you may not know, I was diagnosed with metastasis colon cancer over eight years ago and given very, very slim chances of surviving. Medicine failed me, but I stood by the promises found in the word of God. I applied them into my life, trusted God, and I am here over eight years to say that I am 100% cancer free and a host of other diseases that I was diagnosed with right after the cancer, I received my healing with no medical intervention. I took no drugs. I received my healing because I stood by the word of God. And in the last eight years, I have just trusted the word of God. I have laid hands on people and I have seen miracles instantly. I've seen people who are lame walk straight. Pain disappeared instantly. Sinuses cleared instantly. Blind eyes opened instantly. I just stood by the word of God because I have seen these things work in my own body. So I, I have laid hands on people believing that God would walk through me and he has to bring healing to others. So the, the, the word of God works. It is a sure foundation. It's reliable. I am not saying all these things to elevate myself or to give the impression that I know it all. No, I do not. Nobody really knows it all. You cannot saturate the depths of God because God is infinite in nature. But what I am saying is that I have seen the word of God work in my life. And even the apostle Paul, after over 25 years in ministry, said in Philippians 3.12 that he has not yet attained, <laughs> but he is pressing forward to reach the high mark for what Christ Jesus has said before him. Again, I am paraphrasing that scripture. So that goes to show you that even after 25, 30, 40 years, we just Keep growing in the Lord. Okay, I have not arrived, but I have left. And I am here to say that I am a living testimony that the word of God works. And I have taught many others these same principles I will teach you in this podcast. And I have seen people's lives transformed. So at the end of the day, you make a decision. God is no respecter of persons. What God has done in my life, what God has done in the lives of others, God will do for you as you put his word into practice. Out of Amos 3.3, God asked an interesting question. He said, how can two work together if they do not agree? So if you agree with God that his word is powerful, that his word is our only source of power and truth, then you will be coming into agreement with God and you will see the results. But if you disagree with God, then 
you will limit God. So it's really up to you. Okay? So to conclude this introduction, as a Christian, if you are a Christian, this podcast, I am praying and believing that it will build you up, edify and strengthen you daily, bring you closer to God, give you a true revelation of the nature of God. And if you are a non-Christian, I thank God that you are listening because the goal for this podcast is to teach you or tell you God's story as revealed in the Bible. And hopefully, I pray that you will open your hearts to know God better. Because we are told out of 2 Peter 3, 9, that God is patient and long-suffering, wishing for none to perish, but for all to come to everlasting life. Again, I am paraphrasing that um, scripture there. So I, I pray for God to open your hearts, the Christian and non-Christian, so you can receive his wisdom, approach his word with sincere desire to know him, to know his truths. And I believe by faith in Jesus that God will use this podcast to reveal himself to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I begin with the book of Genesis. And I will be teaching this entire podcast using the NIV Bible translation. You can use other translations such as uh, King James, New King James, New Living Translation, or the Living Bible. But there is one translation I do not want you to have. That is the New World Translation. This is the Jehovah Witnesses so-called Bible. I ask you in the name of Jesus, if you have that Bible, put it in the trash. It is useless. It is falsified. It is wrong. Okay? Because Jehovah Witnesses do not accept Jesus as God. Uh, according to their own teaching, they reject Jesus as God. So uh, they are not true followers of the Lord Jesus and their Bible is not the truth. So don't use that. Okay, a quick overview here about the book of Genesis. The word Genesis means beginning. Okay, beginning. This book gives an account of the beginning of everything. The beginning of human beings, the beginning of life, relationships, civilization, <laughs> the beginning of sin, how sin entered into God's perfect creation. It teaches us about the beginning of diseases and how the different nations of the world came about, okay, etc., etc. The author, church tradition, tells us it is written by Moses, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And by inspiration, I mean that God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit spoke his thoughts to Moses and Moses wrote down everything exactly as revealed 
to him, okay, by God. And the book of Genesis was compiled in the wilderness during the period when the nation of Israel was wandering in the senior peninsula. Okay, this is uh, somewhere in the Middle East. So why was the book of Genesis written? It was written to tell God's story, how things began. And most importantly, it was written to reveal God's deepest desire which is to have a relationship and fellowship with his creation as human beings. Okay, the original audience was the nation of Israel, but currently we are also an audience that includes us Gentiles because of what Jesus uh, did for us. So we can partake in God's blessings through Christ. Timeline, the book of Genesis was written approximately between 1450 to 1410 BC before Christ. And it covers or reports approximately 2300, give or take, few years of the history of the earth. Okay, again about 2300 years of the history of the earth is recorded in the book of Genesis alone. It is quite packed with a lot of information. What are the main themes? The main themes that we will uh, find out as we proceed include uh, God's account of creation, how he created the heavens and the earth, how sin entered the world, the fall of mankind, and God's initial plan of redemption to redeem mankind from that fallen state. And also very significantly, it highlights how God created us human beings in his image. We did not evolve from monkeys. Okay, God created us in his image. So now I want for you to open your Bibles, get a book and a pen. Let us begin. And before we begin, though, I want to say that I will read some of the verses to you word for word and explain. I will skip other verses and summarize them to you. But by me skipping some of the verses does not mean or imply that these verses are not important. No, every verse in the Bible is important. It is there to teach us something. However, I skip some of them because I will summarize them and give it to you. That way we can move through this podcast um, in a reasonable amount of time. And uh, that way you can start to apply these principles into your life and expecting God's blessings. Okay, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.